Welcome to EE Times On Air. I'm your host, David Finch, and uh, we are live once again from CES 2019, and I'm joined by somebody very awesome. Jesse Will is a freelance writer based in Austin, Texas. Uh, Jesse writes for Rolling Stone, Men's Journal, The Wall Street Journal, and other outlets about entertainment, technology, cars, and more. Writes awesome stuff, and I'm just super excited to have you here. Uh, hopefully, how, how has the show been going so far? Uh, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, yeah. The show's been great. It's been really exciting, and I wanted to talk to you today about the tech here at CES and outside of CES that's going to be changing the live music world as we move forward through 2019 and beyond. I love it. Yeah. Let's jump in. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was holograms. Uh, you might have heard of what these, what's happening here. You might not have, but we are definitely going to hear a lot about them moving forward. This is a Roy Orbison hologram. Uh, that tour just concluded, and upcoming we have hologram tours from Frank Zappa, Ronnie James Dio, Maria Callas. Uh, all those people have upcoming tour dates, and all of these holograms play with live bands surrounding them. But the kind of the talk of the tech of the music, music tech world is an Amy Winehouse hologram tour happening in fall 2019. It's engineered in part by a company here in Vegas called Bass Hologram, who also did this Orbison right here. Um, and the reason people are talking about Winehouse is because people are kind of considering the ethics of reanimating an artist who passed away pretty recently and didn't necessarily give permission for her likeness to be used in this way. Uh, so it just leads you to think like, are we going to see holograms eventually in every dive bar uh, we go to? <laughs> I mean, are, are holograms going to put Elvis impersonators out of business? Well, I think we need holograms because it's really hard to find people who look like Elvis I Presley. And I don't know our, anyone uh, who looks like Elvis, and I don't know where we would find one. Like oh, wait. Oh. So, uh, uh, Elvis, if you were reanimated as a hologram, how would that go down? I think it would be amazing. They, they've done some things like that before. By the way, first, I'm not Elvis. I don't know if you heard, but, they, but the guy the guy passed away a few years ago. He passed away. Yeah, the guy owes me money. When did that happen? You don't watch the news. That All is right. awesome, man. If you don't mind, I'm going to go you. down there and take over this camera again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, illustrious recording career and camera op. Amazing. A man does it all. Is, is what we're looking at here on the screen, Yeah. is that a... Hologram image. That is a hologram image. It was supplied by the company Base Hologram, so I don't know if it's a photo illustration, but this is from the Orbison tour that, that just concluded. Um, and, yeah. and you know, one of the things that I was also thinking about was if you're an artist in your prime, wouldn't you want to be scanned in <laughs> as a hologram? Like, <laughs> like totally. Get me in the system now. <laughs> <laughs> your manager, that's a discussion with your manager, like, yeah. I think now's the time. Yeah. And then you know, once they say that, your career has 10 more years tops yeah. in entertainment. For sure. If you're having the, we should scan you now. I think so. <laughs> what would be kind of cool, though, is if you, uh, maybe a cool application is a, of this is if you're scanning an up-and-coming artist from their days of playing college music festivals right. and bars, you know, if you could if you could watch the violent femmes from when Gordon Gano was being locked in his parents' house or whatever, right. from when he was really young all the way through now, as, as the musical sensibility changes, yeah. you're watching the artist age in real time. Yeah. 
That might be pretty rad. I mean, it's it, it'll be pretty crazy on one hand that you can think it's a little bit corny. On the other hand, it's an opportunity to see something that you otherwise wouldn't. So if you've been covering, you know, music and entertainment yeah. your entire career, where do you where do you land on things like reanimating an artist who we have no idea if the Amy Winehouses of the world would want to have anything to do with this? Are they allowing her to be intoxicated on stage? I think they've edited that part out. I think uh, her, her huh. father uh, controls the estate and he's making some decisions and I think that the proceeds from that tour will go to charity. It's a fall 19 tour. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's an ongoing conversation that artists are starting to have. Next piece of live concert tech I wanted to talk about was this is a venue that will literally rock you. This is around the corner. Yeah. It's uh, one of the craziest concert venues ever dreamed up just broke ground around the corner from where we are. It's called the MSG Sphere, and it's set to open in about three years. Uh, Brian Hyatt reported on this for the December Rolling Stone. It's a 20,000-seat venue with 157 ultra-directional speaker speakers that narrowly focus their sound beam, so the sound at every seat should be ideal. Uh, and meanwhile, you're going to have a haptic flooring system that vibrates the floor for the lowest bass frequencies and there's going to be a 3.5-acre video screen that arcs over the audience. And the idea here is, theoretically, there's not a bad seat in the house. As cliché as that may be, maybe it happens here. They're probably not cheap seats, though. Uh, in fact, if it could drown out the, uh, the inebriated dude next to me yeah. singing over my favorite artists and yeah. songs... Then you'll say you'll, you, got, you got your money's worth. Absolutely. But this is about three years off. They haven't, they will not say how much it's costing. And I guess if you're writing the check for something like this, you don't need to ask how much it costs. Yeah. But I will say this, uh, um, it's a really cool application of haptic technology. You know, at the, at the, at the literally the smallest scale probably that we're seeing haptics now is the false button on the iPhones. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, that's something that's touching the consumer in a real real way now. Imagine yeah. taking haptics to the level of this where we're, um, the stadium itself becomes sympathetic and, and part of the musical instrumentation right. uh, and, and countless ways that I think we're going to see some very creative composers right. coming up with ways to leverage the fact that the stadium becomes an instrument. I think about, you know, I live in Denver yeah. and I think about what a, an amazing experience it is to go to Red Rocks. Yeah. And hear literally anything there, yeah. Um, and because you're you're enjoying the experience of, of the rocks and the acoustics, uh, you know, really being part of the sound yeah. that you're you're taking in. In this case, the whole thing can literally shake you, like right. Is you bring up an interesting point? It's like the venue is becoming another instrument, and this is going. This is designed for. Uh, less for one-off, one-night shows than it is for residencies or month-long gigs because I think it's so customizable yeah. depending on what the event's going to be. Absolutely. But we'll see. So that's, again, three years out. Uh, next thing here, uh, more Instagrammable moments. So if you've been to a live concert lately, you might notice that musicians are becoming increasingly concerned about their shows looking cool when fans snap pictures and post them to Instagram. It's, <laughs> it's marketing. So you're seeing an increase in immersive stage sets, again, immersive, where the singer <laughs> heads into the audience on a platform, say, along with a heightened amount of lights and pyrotechnics. Um, 
with artists like Taylor Swift, her, her recent tour used 52 semi-trucks, Beyonce, Travis Scott. This is basically becoming an arms race in live concerts. And there's this need for these live shows to look and feel bombastic, which speaks to the importance of live shows as a revenue stream for artists, since essentially Adam, or album sales really seem to be a, a thing of the past. Yeah, like most of the things on this list, I've got a I've got an upside and a cynical side yeah. um, on, all, on on many of these things. This is one of those. If the songwriting, if the you go to a concert for a few things, the cynic in me says you go to the concert to to uh, sit with the music. Yeah. If the music is really good, uh, you don't need the theatrics. Yeah. And you don't need to uh, to have that moment where. Um, oh, this is the moment that is most Instagrammable. Right. Because as soon as you're having the thought about the experience, you're not... And it's not to say that the Taylor Swifts of the world and, you know, uh, I, and anybody else who's, who's designing for visual, visually stunning experiences, yeah. I think they're doing the right thing. Right. Ticket prices are expensive. Right. You want it to be an event that blows you away. You want to blow your audience away. You want them to feel good about how much they just paid for a ticket, and you are charging more for a ticket. So yeah. it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. Right, and, and we do have the reality is musicians now, uh, the non-Taylor Swifts, uh, have this huge platform of social media. So uh, if they're doing anything cool, it doesn't have to be at the amphitheater level. Yeah. If they're doing something really cool in a bar and it gets snapped, uh, well, there you go. That that's something that can be shared, you know, to, to millions of other people. For sure, yeah. It's it's a big it's a big tool for artists right the, right now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's interesting. So, uh, I don't want a future trip, but you've got a, a different technology coming up here down later down the list that I think would help to alert the audience when hey the 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 picture moment's coming. Yeah. And everybody could get their phones ready. Yeah. And then maybe you get a countdown timer. And then bang, take a picture. But let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about: venues are increasingly wanting to know who exactly is walking through their doors. Yeah. Um, so if you've been to a festival in the last few years, you've probably encountered an RFID bracelet, uh, which you use to access the concert. There are upsides to these tags. It's generally quick to scan into a show with one. At some festivals and concerts, you can link your wristband to your credit card and quickly and easily get t-shirts or beers and dedicated lines, uh, such as Austin City Limits. Um, you're only gonna see that trend grow. Venues and organizers like RFID or wristbands for a number of reasons, for anti-counterfeiting, of course, but also they wanna know how long you stayed and what you bought. Which lines you entered so they can do predictive line management over a yeah. three-day festival and maybe adjust the way that they've got their cordons set up and all that. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And this is the technology that I was just mentioning that uh, how great would it be if your wristband would be able to alert to everybody, beep, 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 you yeah. know. Um, it, outside the realm of RFID, there are certainly more f very f like physically flexible and, yeah. and, and systemically flexible technologies to put in here to alert users when the cool moment's coming right. up. When intermission is about to be done. Who's uh, playing on the fourth stage, like right in five minutes or something like that, yeah. Bingo, that's exactly right. And, uh, and I think, you know, it gets, it gets ticket sellers around the problem of, uh, well, I bought tickets for all 12 of us. Yeah. 
and uh, you don't know the other 11 of my goofball friends, you know, uh, you don't have any demographic information on them. Yeah. And so now the tailoring the sort of in-festival experience and the, the in-concert experience, uh, like you said, knowing exactly who your audience is down to the individual level, yeah. uh, that's really the only way to pull that off. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's a net, net plus. Uh, next technology I wanted to talk to you about is here at CES, Sony is basically working to bring the live sound of a concert closer to your home. Uh, they debuted a technology here called 360 degree audio. And the idea is to be able to listen to headphones or a speaker and feel like you're on stage surrounded by musicians rather than uh, them being in front of you. It's more immersive. <laughs> there's uh, that word. Yeah, there's that word again. <laughs> you know, it's done with an object-based spatial audio format, and they're working with several streaming companies that will support the tech, so you could eventually flip a switch on your app and hear a version of, like, Pink Floyd's The Wall as if you were standing between the musicians in the studio. Um, and interestingly, I did a demo of the tech, and they map, they map your, they sound map your ear, and uh, Sony says they'll be able to do that in the future by just taking a picture of it with an app. Just a visual scan. Uh, yeah. It doesn't even need to be a... Yeah. Um, brilliant, because it's really... You know, the, the way that our ears are shaped is by, uh, by, certain, by no means a mistake. The, the, uh, the folds, the, the intricate network of folds in your outer ear yeah. uh, help us to sort of assess where the sound is coming from. Yeah. The demo that Sony was doing over there was pretty cool because they weren't using different hardware. These were just Sony headphones that are on the market right now. Okay. Yeah. So just off the shelf with two drivers. Yeah. Oh, so these these are not special multi-driver. No, no. Oh, wow. Um, I think a cool application of this would be something along the lines of your. Uh, you wanted to know what it sounded like if uh, if the Doors had recorded something in a live take, and Tom Petty certainly did a lot yeah. of things. Um, you know, I think uh, Refugee was one that was this notorious, we're going to get it in a live take with everybody playing yeah, together, right? right? Or at least the bass tracks. Right. Of course it works better. It's going to work better at, on, on things where the band's playing at the same time. Yeah, because then you could you could hear it like, oh, that's what it sounded like when things were a little out of balance before yeah. we mixed it. It might be fun to hear, like, what did it sound like in an unbalanced room? Yeah. Meaning we know exactly uh, what Tom Sawyer sounds like yeah. on the record. We know what it sounds like live. Right. What would it sound like if we were to hear that band playing that exact arrangement of that song in this bar that I'm in? Right. And tying that into a VR. I think uh, there's venues getting involved too, like Live Nation, I think, has recorded some of their concerts or some concerts at their venue with this technology in mind. So, wow. Yeah. So you could hear it as if you were in the crowd. Wow. That's. Cool. Uh, how did it sound? Did it sound pretty great? Yeah, it sounded... I was impressed. I was a little bit skeptical. At first, I did a demo of a freestanding speaker, which was sitting in a room where there was lots of sound leak. It was kind mm -hmm. of like a torso-shaped, you know, yeah. single speaker. Um, and I was less impressed, but then stood in line and did the headphone demo, and, uh, and, and it is pretty impressive. We'll That's see great. what happens. Like That's a lot great. of stuff at CES. We'll see what happens. Um, the next tech I want to talk about was hosting shows at your house. Uh, so in 2018, last spring, Airbnb quietly got into promoting concerts. Which had no idea. you might not know about. So they're quickly upstaging several companies that were trying to be the Airbnb of concerts. So the idea here is 
the host promotes a show and decides how much money to split with an artist, and then Airbnb takes a 20% cut. It's a reflection of the trend towards intimate shows in unconventional spaces. So if you've got a great basement that you're dying to have a touring band play, yeah. you might have something for Airbnb. Does, does the technology account for like local zoning restrictions and things like that? Like I wonder if the app can tell you, uh, based on your geographic location, I wouldn't advise hosting. That is, uh, that is an apt question. <laughs> I think it's a don't ask, don't tell, as okay. these things tend to be <laughs> I with the tech it. world. What is it? Break it and then ask forgiveness or something like That's, that? Oh, it, absolutely. Uh, forget that I asked the question. No, no. I, I, I never even brought it up. No. <laughs> we'll take uh, it out. For sure. And like, <laughs> let's not talk about fire codes or anything like that. <laughs> That's right. You know, finally, I bought a house with a foam injection machine in the living room, and I finally yeah. have a way to use it. Yeah, You know, you submerge go. people in foam. Hun, we're building a venue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quitting my job for the third time. This one's gonna work out. Yes. We're building an Airbnb concert venue. And they're gonna sleep on our couch, too, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess then you've gotta feed all these. Yeah. These, uh, you know, you, you wake up the next morning at a festival like Country Thunder or something like that, and yeah. you're like, there's humanity, isn't it? Yeah. But they're all waking up in your backyard. And they're in your house. That's great. Um, so we can go to the next one. So this is a little more serious. Uh, moving forward at, at big shows and concerts, you're definitely going to see increased security. You know, sadly, large concerts have become the sites of some pretty devastating attacks in the last few years, including one here in Las Vegas. Obviously, promoters are stepping up security measures with vapor-sniffing dogs that can scan scores of people at a time faster, higher tech metal detectors, increased video monitoring and anti-drone tech. Uh, Rolling Stone has also recently reported on the use of facial recognition. Steve Knopper is a writer who has covered this for us. In May at the Rose Bowl, images of concert goers were captured and compared to a data uh, database of Taylor Swift's known stalkers, like unbeknownst to the concert goers. Yeah. And that's just a start. So just uh, by all accounts, the use of facial recognition at big shows is just only gonna grow. It's a fact of life now, and, and you would only assume the ma majority of concert goers would actually want this. You know, I think something that's going to uh, be very important to drive this technology into widespread adoption is making sure that the database of facial images that we have accurately and, f and, and fairly represents all different races, skin tone, people of color. Yeah. I was reading an article uh, I believe it was NPR had written something about uh, the the a majority of facial images that are, are captured in databases as they existed, you know, within the last several months. Yeah. Were white uh, Caucasian faces. Yeah. And uh, so you know that that becomes a problem when you're training these artificial intelligence uh, systems if they don't have access to enough. Uh, imagery of people of color, right. they can't as accurately detect you know, individuals, individual faces, patterns, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's some talk of this you know, facial recognition at concerts not just being used for security purposes also. They're also talking about maybe not even having to show your ticket to go into a VIP line or something oh, like man. that. And that's where it starts to get like, oh, what are you really doing with this technology? It's, it's less about my safety and mm. more about 
making money. Right, and, and that's where you start having to make decisions uh, in terms of which brands and companies you're into yeah. are the ones who look at it and say, we're going to use technology for the purpose of technology, which has forever been right. to improve and increase the quality of life for humanity. Right. That's why we have it. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't do that, what problem are you really solving for? Right. I agree. Uh, the next one here is the rise of VR and augmented reality concert experiences. You know, on one hand, the excitement around VR goggles seems to be at a slight lull, okay. possibly. Uh, but you still have the sense that cool experiences are around the corner with this tech. And, you know, just take, for example, seeing a live concert with VR and AR concert experiences. You could theoretically put the kids to bed or put down your books and homework, strap on some VR goggles and transport to a venue in another city where, uh, you know, a band is taking the stage live. Amazing. And, and for somebody like you who is uh, a huge fan yeah. of live music and presumably has always been, this opens up entire new worlds. Let's say uh, um, you've got a young family at home. Yeah. Yeah, put the kids to bed. Absolutely. See a concert in Tokyo. You know, I, uh, I mentioned in our, our previous segment uh, some of the ways that this uh, affects certain segments of our population, yeah. not just concert goers um, and not just audiophiles. Uh, again, thinking in terms of human diversity, you can't talk about it without neurodiversity. Yeah. An application like this is brilliant yeah. because uh, there are so many concerts, visual and audio experiences, creative arts experiences that we want to expose our children to. Right. Now, some children, especially those on the spectrum, are hypersensitive yeah. to the environmental conditions, sound, light. These are the sorts of things that really challenge the autistic individual. Imagine giving them these performing arts experiences in a very comfortable, controlled setting that can be adjusted as their stimulation level either increases or decreases. This could even transform the way that education is delivered right. to, uh, to individuals with uh, high sensitivity to you know, sensory input. It's another one of these things where the early iterations might be different than what we have in mind yeah. down the road. Uh, you know, the best thing that any of this technology can do is to be more inclusive and invite more people that wouldn't be able to see these shows you know, into the fold. So hopefully we'll see that happen in the coming years. Uh, another trend is personalized live recordings. Uh, hmm. You know, if you attend Elton John's Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, which is going on in, I think, the next couple years, uh, you can download a five-channel mix of the actual show that you went to and you can customize it. You can turn up the guitar or the piano or the vocals and, and so on. And the technology is from a company called Peaks. They also have a wearable device with earbuds where you can adjust the mix of the show live during the show, oh. which is a little bit antisocial, I guess, <laughs> and defeats the point of going to a live music event. <laughs> but at the same time, maybe you just don't want to hear that piano. Listen, man. If I'm paying 300 bucks a pop, <laughs> you do what you and, want. <laughs> and I don't like the way the floor tom sounds. Yeah. I'm changing that mix. The question is okay, we've got a five channel system here. Yeah. I want a mix of the 157,000 ultra directional speakers that I can tune. That's, yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. That's next. That that's wouldn't fit on our screen here, but. 
visually not pleasing, yeah. but ultimately the right experience at a concert. The next, uh, the next and last piece of tech is it's. Uh, this is probably blasphemous at CES to talk about, but uh, an increasing number of artists are asking for their shows to become cell phone free zones. Hmm. Yeah, I like this. So this is a company called Yonder, and they, uh, you know, they worked with Jack White on his last tour. So what you do is. When you enter a venue, you'll, you'll put your phone in one of these cases and lock it up, and you won't unlock it until you leave the venue. So you keep your phone on you, but you can't use it. There are emergency zones where you can like take a, take a call or something like that. But it's basically trying to prevent people in the crowd from holding up their phone in front of your face, recording a moment that an artist might not want on video. Absolutely, and, and we see uh, the main application that I see is uh, I'm a huge fan of, of comedy. Yeah. And um, comedians being able to go up on stage, try material that maybe they're not sure yet. Yeah. The ultimate arbiter of whether something is, is ready for public consumption is the audience. Yeah. And so you have to be able to go up and not worry about this non-optimal moment that I might be embarrassed by three years right. from now uh, is going to be captured. From a technology standpoint, I wonder, is it something where like as soon as the concert starts, they're beaming a signal that like freezes the lock, or how does that work? Strangely not. No, it's pretty a low-tech oh. solution here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I was like wondering about this. Like, there, like you mentioned, there's a lot of ways you can jam a phone or jam the signals, but yeah. you know, I, I don't know what the, the concerns would be with emergency safety and stuff like that. If you couldn't unlock it, now the venue's on the hook for 60,000 people that their purses jammed. Right. Uh, how do you feel about that as somebody who, uh, you go to the concert for yeah. all the reasons. Right. You know, um, how, how do you feel about it, especially in the age of the Instagrammable moment? You know, that's a, that's a tricky question. It's kind of case by case. And mm -hmm. in some shows, you just want to be in a room with 12 people seeing this like magical moment. It's kind of a bummer when somebody brings out a phone and takes a picture, gets up right in front of the artist, oh. kind of kills your buzz. But at the same time, you don't want to be a curmudgeon. And it is pretty cool to be at a place, able to share what you're seeing with people that you love. So, I mean, it's... Again, it's like a catch-22. It, it really is. There's, there's no right answer, which is a good thing. Uh, and really, you know, the other voice in this conversation has to be the performer. Yeah. The performer is in the exact same sort of paradoxical situation where they think, well, yes, I want everybody. I, I worked really hard. Well, the performers I listened to worked really hard yeah. uh, to, to create what they're doing on stage, whether that's comedy, theater, yeah. music. Um, and uh, you, you would feel great if the yeah. world said, I, want, I need to capture this and share it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's sort of like, no, 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 that's, during this ballad is not when you should be, yeah. you know, this is, this is about my uh, horse that uh, died in a tragic explosion. And, and everyone must be silent and listen. Right. I, yeah, I have this feeling that maybe Jack White's not going to care about this in 10 or 20 years, but... <laughs> well, the or he could, uh, you know, he could go go the other way. We, I tend we'll to be pretty black and white thinking, so I'm glad that you reminded me that there's a gray area. It is case by case. <clears throat> you made a comment earlier, uh, earlier in the day, that probably the the people who are paying hundreds of dollars to see a hologram of Amy Winehouse 
are not the same people who are saying phones down, phones yeah, down. Right. It's artist by artist. It's venue yeah. by venue. Like it depends on whoever your crowd is, I guess. Yeah. Mood by mood. Yeah. And maybe the facial recognition technology catches up to the point where if you can tell by the faces that we've got an Instagram crowd. Get them out. Get them out. <laughs> Turn them away at the door. What, what do you mean my RFID <laughs> thing won't work? <laughs> you want the Amy Winehouse Pavilion down the yeah, hall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm in technology and yeah. increasingly becoming, uh, not a Luddite, yeah. <laughs> but uh, increasingly really always uh, sharply challenging why. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Uh, this makes sense. Yeah. The Instagrammable thing makes sense, and the truth is in there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, all this tech is like, you're trying to be in this special live moment. For some people, that means capturing it. For other people, it means... Yep. And that's the focusing. artist's dilemma. You've got a diverse audience. Yeah. They're not all going to like your entire set list. They're not all going to yeah. want to put their phones in their pockets yeah. for the whole show. You know, I think what what is cool and what's revealed in, in these things, and you did an amazing... Uh, list here. These were oh, these were you. really eye-opening, cool, forward-looking things that give me a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh, both from the the performing arts perspective and also from the technology that enables it. One thing that I think is a consistent through line in everything that you shared with us just now is all of the creative ways that that um, the entertainment industry, the artists, the technologists, and the audiences are finding to. Uh, make a, a better experience consuming sure. the art and yeah. connecting more audiences in more ways to more creativity. Right. It's like really like creators are, it's a cliche, but it, it seems like bursting at the seams, like you're going to go to a house show. You're going to see something yeah. brand new if you want. I and, mean, and it might be in Jesse Will's basement yes. someday. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a month. I got some boxes to clean out, but... All right, Jesse's gonna prepare his uh, his foam machine, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna get my uh, my floor thumper, the haptics, yeah. and we're gonna throw down. It'll be a it'll be a nice party. Okay, it's in gonna be a great year. Thank you for having me, Dave. It's been fun. <laughs> Jesse, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to a lot in 2019, and uh, thank you so much for watching. EE Times on air. This program is produced by Aspencore. Thanks for listening.